1 Samuel chapter 6. Yahweh's ark was in the country of the Philistines for seven months. The Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do with Yahweh's ark? Show us how we shall send it back to its place. They said, If you send the ark of the God of Israel, don't send it empty, but by all means return a trespass offering to him. Then you will be healed, and it will be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Then they said, What should the trespass offering be that we shall return to him? They said, Five golden tumours and five golden mice, for the number of the lords of the Philistines, for one plague was on you all and on your lords. Therefore you shall make images of your tumours and images of your mice that mar the land, and you shall give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will release his hand from you, from your gods and from your land. Why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians hardened their hearts? When he had worked wonderfully among them, didn't they let the people go, and they departed? Now therefore, take and prepare yourselves a new cart, and two milk cows on which there has come no yoke, and tie the cows to the cart, and bring their calves home from them, and take Yahweh's ark and lay it on the cart. Put the jewels of gold, which you return him for a trespass offering, in a box by its side, and send it away that it may go. Behold, if it goes up by the way of its own border to Beth Shemesh, then he has done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that struck us, it was a chance that happened to us. The men did so, and they took two milk cows and tied them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. They put Yahweh's ark on the cart and the box with the golden mice and the images of their tumours. The cows took the straight way by the way to Beth Shemesh. They went along the highway, lowing as they went, and didn't turn away to the right hand or to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beth Shemesh. The people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark, and they rejoiced to see it. The cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stood there, where there was a great stone. Then they split the wood of the cart and offered up the cows for a burnt offering to Yahweh. The Levites took down Yahweh's ark and the box that was with it, in which the jewels of gold were, and put them on the great stone. And the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and sacrificed sacrifices the same day to Yahweh. When the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. These are the golden tumours which the Philistines returned for a trespass offering to Yahweh. For Ashdod, one. For Gaza, one. For Ashkelon, one. For Gath, one. And for Ekron, one. And the golden mice, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines, belonging to the five lords, both of fortified cities and of the country villages, even to the great stone on which they set down Yahweh's ark. That stone remains to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. He struck down the men of Beth Shemesh because they had looked into Yahweh's ark. He struck 50,070 of the men. Then the people mourned because Yahweh had struck the people with a great slaughter. The men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before Yahweh, his holy God? To whom shall he go up from us? They sent messages to the inhabitants of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have brought back Yahweh's ark, 
come down and bring it up to yourselves. Philistines have had enough of the Ark of the Lord and they want it to go. And um, we talked in the last chapter and I was saying how really, instead of getting rid of God's Ark, they should have got, gotten rid of their own God and worshiped this God. They should have had a change of heart. But um, there's lots of people who still make that mistake today. They think that if you've got problems, it's God's fault. Get rid of God and so you can have no problems in life, right? And um, so they're going to send the Ark of the Covenant back. And they do this test. They get cows that have got, you know, calves and they're milking. And, you know, a cow wouldn't normally leave her calf. But the, this is the test, you know. Are the cows just going to walk off and leave their calves? And they do. And that, this is how they know that what happened was really from the Lord. And so they put the Ark on it. And it, they're discussing how were they going to send it back to its place. And some people have thought that place meant Shiloh, but no, place doesn't mean Shiloh. Shiloh is where the ark came from, so that was it specifically its place, but its place just means Israel. How are we going to send it back to Israel? And so they adopt this method with the cows and they send it back, and, um, and you know, it goes back to Israel, it goes back to Beth Shemesh. And, uh, you know, they send with it a trespass offering. They send with it, you know, golden models of tumors and rats or mice, which were the signs of this pubonic plague that had been threatening their villages. And um, presumably, uh, the Lord was gracious to them. <laughs> and it's amazing to me how gracious the Lord is to non-believers. There's been so many times I've seen the Lord hear the prayer of a non-believer, even when they didn't know that they were praying. And uh, I remembered seeing this, um, this couple once, that um, th this couple were, were people that I know displeased the Lord. And it was actually on a television show. And this particular couple, the, their lifestyle and, and the, the way they lived and thought and everything was a terrible. And, um, and uh, they're at the top of this mountain and it's, it's windy, it's blowing a gale. And, and they, all they want to do is hang glide off. But if, if the wind doesn't die down, they've got to walk down the mountain. This one fellow says, oh my God, I just wish the wind had stopped. Next thing, whoop, the wind stops. And they hop on their hang gliders and off they go. And I remembered thinking, wow, look at that. <laughs> God heard, hears even the prayers of unbelievers. And it's no different if you're a neighbor. Imagine you're living next to some evil, terrible person, but they come over to you and they say, could I have a cup of sugar, please? You give it to them just because you're a good neighbor. It's got nothing to do with what they're like. It's got to do with what you are like. And so this is why God answers prayers. And this is why when the Philistines send away the ark and, you know, they make their own version of a trespass offering, they're kind of saying sorry to God. And that's why God, most likely it seems, hears their prayer and the plague stops. So the ark comes to Beth Shemesh. It's a border town in Israel. And... It says that it, it's, it'd be an interesting exercise for you to read this verse in all the different versions of the Bible you can find. It says, uh, 70, 50,000 men died. A different version might say 50,000 and 70 died. Some other versions say 70 men died when they looked into the ark. There's all these different versions, but it's, it's the phrasing of it is so weird and... There's a lot of people who tried to figure out 
did 50,000 people die or did 70 people die or did 50,000 and 70 people die? And one of the things that's a bit confusing here is that this town of Beth Shemesh is a little tiny border town. It's not a place where 50,000 people are living. And, um, but apparently men look into the ark, which they should not have done, and then God puts people to death. And it says that the people mourned because there was a great slaughter. So there's an article that was written, I, I read up on this, a bloke called Chad Ashby, he did um, some, you know, he analyzed pretty much every version of the Bible <laughs> that talks about this, even the ancient languages, analyzing it. And he's worked out that it was 50,070. It's the full number. And the clue has got to do with the fact that it says there was a great slaughter. Every other time in the Bible where it talks about a great slaughter, the number of people that died was a huge number. When a small number of people would die, it never mentions a great slaughter. And so we, we see that it's a big amount of people that have died. But did 50,070 people all look into the ark because you'd think to yourself, you know, if the first person goes up to the ark and looks in and they're zapped, the second person's not going to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like you'd realize, and, and let's say two or three did, you'd think numbers four, five, and six, and so on would all be a bit smarter than to just go get themselves killed in the same way. So how did 50,070 people die? Something's happened here where it's almost like they've all looked into the ark and then they've died later. So there's, and you could imagine if the Ark of the Covenant came back from the Philistines and it was set up in Beth Shemesh, there'd be a little mini tourist industry. <laughs> People would be coming from all around to look and they'd be looking in the Ark and the lid would be up and they'd all be touching it. And so they were treating something that should be holy in a profane manner, treating it like an everyday item. We don't really understand exactly what happened or how it happened but the people were treating the ark of God as a common everyday object with no regard for it. And the result is that there's what the Bible calls a great slaughter. 50,070 people die. And um, so it's a great tragedy. And um, 20 years later or so, because what happens is that, you know, after this event, people are suddenly like, oh, the people of Beth Shemesh don't want the Ark of the Covenant in their town anymore. And they say to the people of Kiriath-Jerim, you guys come and get it and take it away. And the people of Kiriath-Jerim look after it properly and it becomes a great blessing to them. Just having the Ark, you know, just having God's presence with you is a great blessing if you respect him. And, um, but the people of Beth Shemesh want it away. They realize, and they make the same mistake as the Philistines. They just want to get rid of God. And, um, but the people of Kiriath-Jerim welcome the Lord with respect and it brings blessing. And um, so we've got this uh, interesting, interesting thing where about 20 years later, uh, no, it's more than 20, I'm just trying to remember. It, maybe it was 20, but my maths could be off. But you know, we've got this period, a significant amount of time later where King David wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem and he does the same thing the Philistines do. He sticks the ark on a cart and he just wheels it in. And as it's wheeling in, this man Uzzah puts out his hand to hold the ark because the, the cattle are stumbling and Uzzah gets electrified, you know, electrocuted. 
And you would think, some people, you know, David was cranky with God in that story. And, um, but you would think that after 50,070 people had died, that David and Uzzah and others would have realized to treat this thing with respect. So it's not, that story of Uzzah isn't just this one-off random case of God, you know, just deciding to electrocute someone. And we'll get to that when we get later on to that part. But, you know, there's a, a, an established example of here of don't treat the Lord as a commonplace object. Treat him with respect. And David should have known better. Now, the Philistines, they did not know better. So they just get the Ark of the Covenant, they load it onto a cart. They don't have the law of the Lord. They don't know there's a proper way of handling everything and the Lord is gracious to them. Even though the Lord brought the plague upon them, the Lord is so gracious to them because of their ignorance. But King David and all the people of Israel, they should have known better because they were given the law. But the problem is, you know, a lot of people don't take the time to know what it says. That still happens today. People in churches, the churches are full of people that haven't even read their Bible. And so people don't even know what God is saying. And so I'm assuming that the people of Beth Shemesh had made this terrible, terrible mistake. And then David and Uzzah don't learn from the mistake and they do what the Philistines did. They load the ark onto a, onto a cart, but that's not how the ark was supposed to be transported. So even though the Philistines got away with it, it doesn't work for David. And um, so on the back of all of that knowledge, we can see why what happened to Uzzah was justified. The Lord's reminding everybody, you know, didn't you learn that big lesson where 50,070 people died? No, the, the Lord needs to be treated with utmost, utmost respect. And, um, and that's a lesson that we should have today. We shouldn't treat the Lord as commonplace. We need to treat the Lord with utmost respect. You know, and sometimes people, um, they despise the more traditional Christians because they think, we've got the great music, you know, we've got this and we've got that. But sometimes the more traditional Christians have got something that the more modern Christians don't have. And they've got a deep respect for the Lord. And the Lord really likes that. And so we shouldn't despise each other as Christians, but we should look at what each other's got and value it. Heavenly Father, I ask that you'd fill our hearts with the fear of the Lord. We see in this these few chapters here that even though the Philistines didn't follow you, they had a greater fear of the Lord than the Israelites did. Lord, how is it that the unbelieving can respect God more than the believing? Lord, will I ask you to forgive us, Lord, that we at times treat you as a very common object and yet, Lord, you're not common. You're worthy of respect and honor. You're worthy of being treated, Lord, with dignity and uh, not as a commonplace uh, thing. Father, forgive us our sins. And I pray that our love and our respect for Christ and the fear of the Lord will grow within our hearts. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.